Welcome to All Things Parking with Danny and John, and I'm John Conway. And I'm Danny Crane. If you want to know what is happening in the industry, meet the who's who, and learn about technology and innovations happening in parking and mobility, you're in the right place. There's tons of things happening in the parking and mobility space on this show. We will dive into controversies. We will dive into topics and introduce technologies, the leaders and the ideas that are shaping the future of the mobility space. We love the parking industry and can't wait to bring you incredible conversations about all things parking. To check out our episodes, head to www.parkingtalk.com. Your parking talk starts here on all things parking. And before we get started, I just wanted to give a quick disclaimer. Everything you hear on the show is Danny and my opinion, our opinions only. So I would encourage you to listen to the show, develop your own ideas and thoughts. And of course, listen at your own risk. And again, thank you for joining us. All things parking with Danny and John. Let's dive in. This episode of the All Things Parking podcast with Danny and John is brought to you by PRRS, the leading provider parking data analytics. PRRS offers a fully customizable, automated 24-7 parking lot monitoring solution compatible with any facility and operation. Data collected by cameras placed on your property can be uploaded into an artificial intelligence-aided interface called parkingcompliance.ai. The interface assembles quantitative reports on parker behaviors, trends, and peak hours, which can be a tremendous help in creating data-driven financial plans or preparing for better ad hoc situations. You can access parkingcompliance.com on your smartphone and have live parking lot data at your fingertips anytime and anywhere. To find out more, visit parkingprrs.com. That's parkingprrs.com. PRRS, a new standard in compliance. Yo, yo, welcome back to the second episode. <laughs> What's so I funny? No, yeah. I just, I, I love We're back. Here we are back. We made it through the first episode. I love the introduction. I love the excitement. I love your enthusiasm. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back, listeners. Season one. Yep. Episode, episode two. What are we are. talking about today, Danny? Well, we are coming off of our IPMI high, Woo. right? Yeah, just IPMI. Just got back. We're, what, a week back. We happened the... 11th through the 15th yep. in Fort Worth, Texas. I almost said... What a show. I, well, I could talk the whole hour of, of the show because it was one of the best shows since 2016. And was, I've talked to a lot of people. But, it was an incredible show. But unfortunately, you and I don't have two hours or an hour to talk about it we don't. We because gotta, we're going to talk about another important thing on this show. What are we, we are. So this we're is talking two, about safety. So this is a two part, two part show. We got IPMI. We're coming off the IPMI, um, expo. And then we got safety, safety, safety in parking garages and, um, uh, and, and, and just safety in general, but specifically we're going to be talking about that tragedy, um, uh, that happened in New York in April. Um, with the parking garage collapse. And the importance and so, of parking garage assessments. You know, we lost a parking manager that day. Yep. Um, and that's sad. Someone so, who had been in the business for a very long time. A yeah, very long time. That garage has been in service a long time. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about safety, folks. And uh, every day, you're, you know, when, you, when you're driving to work, you've got operations out there, your surface slots, your, your garages, safety is important. Um, and it can be, as we now know, a life and death uh, situation. Yeah, so yeah. anyway. So let's dive right in. Let's IPMI. go to IPMI. Woo! IPMI 2023. You were, were you out partying? Did you party? I got to enjoy some really fun parties. I'm not going to lie. You know, usually, so I'm new. This is only my second IPMI. I saw you coming in at what hotel were you at? I saw you coming in at like five in the morning. You're such a liar. No. Are you sure? But I do have a story about hotels. I, that's right. I did not know where you were, but so full disclosure, I did not see Danny (laughs) coming in at five in the morning. John, (laughs) 
I don't, I don't, I can't. There's people that came in at five in the morning. It was not me. I can't stay out that late anymore. I know. I can't either. If we went back through like all of like my like texts to my friends, I'm like, okay, good night, everybody. They're like, it's 930. What are you doing? You say good night to everybody? Wow. My family at least. That's nice. I don't, (laughs) I don't get a text from Danny. I didn't get one. (laughs) Good night, John boy. He's like, 9.30. What are you doing in bed at 9.30? I'm probably in bed at 9.30. Oh. Not at IPMI. I stayed out a little late. Well, But I, not I five in the morning late. IPMI, MPA, these bigger conferences. I mean, there's always so much going on, right? I there mean, you is. Got, there's, you got happy hours. You got your um There's a lot company. of great educational stuff that goes on. IPMI does a great job. Of that, oh, absolutely. Uh, and I think all the sessions. Did honestly, you attend any sessions? Scott? I do. I'm not an attendee session guy. Well, I will say every time we stopped at the booth, I'm at the, I'm in the expo hall, or I'm at a bar doing a, a deal on a bar nap. I think that's, uh, yeah. that's my strength. So, sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> no, but oh, so I pay my. So did you go to the sessions? Yeah, I did. I went to I went to a few sessions. What did you go to? I'm so I went to Don from SP Plus. Uh, Don Jordan. Don Jordan. Don Jordan. What a SP professional! Plus. Yeah, um, he's an amazing guy. I worked oh, with Don Jordan. I got to have lunch. Uh, Joe and I had lunch with him um, the day before the day before the day of a session. That guy's great one of the my first time meeting him. Great, great human. One of the people that was involved in the founding of Game Day. I don't think yeah. he was the founder, but he was certainly one of the original plank on- yep. owners for sure. And uh, my first experience with Don Jordan was uh, watching this amazing video from, um, you know, a guy was, you know, going back and looking at a, at a, at a shuttle operation in play from a high level and doing a time-lapse video. I mean, he was the king of that. Yeah. And you'd look at it and you'd be like, holy shit, wow. Yeah. That was either good or it was bad. Right. And so I actually used that later on in the commercial parking world. Don probably doesn't know this, but we had a, and I'm <laughs> he's sure. He's now just finding out about. He's just finding out. I've copied his idea. But um, everybody knows Mike Mattinson to all the listeners. He is, do you know Mike Mattinson? You know Mike Mattinson. Mike, he, was, he was a former uh, equity office yeah. uh professional uh, worked with Sam Zell and then him and Mark Fancher, a bunch of people were in charge of parking and now they're, they, they're in parking. So he's kind of like an asset manager audit type. So we had this valet operation in the tech center where the building didn't have enough parking. And so we were valeting hundreds of cars a day. It was, and it was incredible. It was unbelievable. And nobody could appreciate the amount of cars that we were doing. So I went up on the roof with a camera, set it. You took Don's idea. I filmed (laughs) the entire operation for a day and then did a time lapse. And the owner was like, holy shit. Yeah. You guys are freaking parking a lot of cars. Well, when you put it into perspective. Yeah. Right? So you could describe that, but it's like, holy shit. When you actually see it. Yeah. Yeah. When you put it into perspective, it's it's a completely different ballgame. Anyway, we went off a little bit, but. Yeah. No. Um, so yeah. So did attend a few sessions, um, Don's because it was very event focused, which was, which was amazing. Um, but you know, it's also hard to sit in those sessions and like not want to raise your hand, right? Like, Hey, like, so why didn't you in? raise your, did you raise your hand? No. Why? I don't, I don't want to interrupt. Are you people. scared? Not scared. Did they have a Q and a <laughs> afterwards? Um, I actually, I, I dipped out just right before the end. Um, but so I like, I feel like it's always hard. Like, I feel like I, I, it's to me, like, I love having the conversation, right? So, right. um, it's hard for me to sit there and not just like raise my hand and like chime in. Um, so you feel like at I the end, so you feel like at the end it's kind of late and it's too late and you didn't feel comfortable asking questions. No, I just didn't, I didn't stay till, I didn't stay till the end. Oh, you dipped I out. I just told you I dipped out. You, you, you dipped. Well, I did because I had. Wow, how rude. You had stuff going on. I had stuff going on. I always have stuff Don, going on. Don, we apologize. <laughs> Danny Crane dipped out during your presentation, but she's mentioning it on this show, I loved and it. it was important. She yeah, loved it. It was so it that's was, good. It was amazing. Um, 
What was amazing about it? If I could put it, if I could say this correctly, um, how they're queuing cars in, in lane, I think is at bigger event centers, I think is actually pretty incredible. When you were growing up, did you ever think you'd be saying incredible no. and queuing cars in the same no. sentence? No. <laughs> controlling the traffic flow of the ingress. And yep. like, you know, Don, <laughs> Don and Game Day, those guys were amazing at, um, at bringing to light that a, a large venue and traffic flow uh, doesn't just, it doesn't start at the venue. Those guys were thinking miles out, right? How are we going to manipulate traffic? How is the signage look 10 miles out? How much law enforcement do you have at these intersections, these key, these key intersections? So it was like most venue operators were like at the time uh, that these guys were killing it. We're like, you know, they're just thinking about their venue, but well, it's like, was, really, you got to think about 20 miles out. Absolutely. And that was one of, one of the conversations that we had during lunch was signage and how are we getting like in resort towns, right? How are we parking is scarce essentially. Cause you got these small mountain towns. You don't, you can't really expand too much. How are we getting the attention of people 20 miles out, 30 miles out, right. 40 miles out. Honestly, from Don and all those guys, it, the experience actually starts days before. It actually starts when it should start when you decide to purchase the ticket to that event, right? And so uh, I'm going to a NASCAR race in Talladega. You and I'm, NASCAR. I know. I know. NASCAR. One more time. I love NASCAR. <laughs> so I'm going to Talladega and I'm buying my pass my tickets and I got to think about parking, right? How do you get people to think about parking right then and there? Right. I'm going to buy my parking or I'm going to park over here. I want to find out how I'm going to get there. So is parking, can you purchase parking from their, from the website where you purchase your tickets? No. NASCAR's, oh, come on, NASCAR's evolving. It's not there yet. They're not, they're not keeping up with the times I know. here. They're too busy going left. <laughs> they left do, all day. They, they go right. <laughs> Anyway, they don't, they so don't. IPMI was great. Yeah, IPMI. You got you got Don Jordan and company. Did you make it to our booth, PRS? All the time, which you were not there. That's why I'm like, where were you? You said you were at. The well, I didn't come in till I didn't come in till Monday. First of all, I so that was I missed the Monday. Yeah, so I came in Monday. I landed Monday afternoon. So, um, how was the event the night before the Sunday? The kickoff event. Were you it was there? Great. Yeah. The kickoff. I, I mean, saw was, people, I saw some pictures. It, it looked fun. fun. Yeah, we had a, it was a great time. I think, um, people dress up in cowboys. Mostly. I think, I mean, there were, yeah, they had like lots of little props and stuff too for everybody to like to dress up in or take. Um, but it so was when you, when you go into an event like that and you're going to that opening show, what, what do you want to get out of it? Like, well, what I are think, you thinking so when you're I, getting dressed and you're going, are you thinking, oh, this is just a party. I'm going to have no. fun. Or what do you, what is on your mind? I love that you asked that because I think the initial, like the opening party, right. Is all about networking. Everybody coming from different parts of, you know, the U S essentially, or, you know, IPMI international, um, networking, like touching base with everybody, like people who, like we haven't seen it in a long time. Right. Really? Yeah. So that's, so you're, when you're getting ready and you're going, I'm going to this event, you're going, I'm going to meet some people that are going to be beneficial to me well, and I'm my career and my company. Yeah. I'm going to get to reconnect with, you know, people I haven't seen in a while or that, you know, right. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think? What, what are your, like when you're going to the opening party or what? I'm thinking about just getting drunk, to be honest with you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, folks. Now, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like when you when you when you're going to those events, it is I'm thinking about deals, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. I think that uh, relationships are key in our business. I think that um, I think deals in an informal environment like that uh, happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I said earlier you know, the bar nap and that was funny and you laughed, but that's the truth, right? Yeah. So when years ago, when I used to go to the show and it was just Jeff and myself working the booth, you know, I was the night shift and he was, he was the early shift, right? And he went to bed at 
eight o'clock and he looked forward literally coming in next morning when I got to the booth, how many bar naps? That was our conversation. How many bar naps did you get? How many deals did you make? That's where the deals were made in the bar. So I don't make those rules like, up. Is, but. So this is my only my second IPMI, right? Because when I was an ops, really? it yeah, wow. it, when I was an ops, it wasn't a thing. Like we didn't go to conferences. We, when I joined flash was the first time that I actually started going to these conferences, which I can't believe I'm going to say this to every operator out there. If you can get any of your team out to IPMI or MPA, I think it is so beneficial to make the connections. I agree with you, but sometimes I mean, it's if an you're going for the reasons being of actual business and not just the other side of it, right? The, the parties, the happy hours. Like if you can get any of your team out to, you know, I think it's eye opening. I can, I, I can tell you about the first, my first IPMI and my first MPA and it just being so eye opening to like you are essentially what operators look for. If you're not creating your own technology, you are looking for the solutions to your surface lots, to your parking garages. You're looking for solutions to bring to your asset owners, right? You have that all under one roof at IPMI or MPA. Why wouldn't you want to go there? Why wouldn't you want to go? I, you know, to honestly, you? I think it boils down to a cost issue. You expensive. can't send everybody. And some of the companies are large, right? Yeah. And so, um, I think that it's not the company's objective to market, to make sure that you're marketing yourself. And so this is where I, I think, do, do you think there's anybody in the industry that takes vacation and goes and pays for the IPMI on their own? Yeah, I'm sure that they're, I'm sure that they're. Cause their company won't send them. Yeah. That's an interesting question. I mean, that's something that I've think would be something that would be important for somebody. Start building a name for yourself. Start yeah. getting out, seeing Absolutely. what's going on. Have have conversations with people. You do learn a lot. It's not always the company's responsibility to market yourself. It's your responsibility, right? Right. And, and, I, so, and I do think I do think it depends on your your passion and your career path and you know where you want to be. I, I think that anybody who is serious about Parking. <laughs> about parking. Um, but about their career in general and in, in our industry, I think would absolutely invest in themselves to go to IPMI or an MPA or even a PI or a smaller conference. Right. Because I think that there's a lot of added value. Absolutely. Yeah. So opening night was good. Opening night was great. That, but we had a lot of meetings. We met with a lot of different. Um, so is it stressful meeting? You got meetings. No. You got. You got I don't think it's walking the show. You got. You still got to answer your emails, right? Oh, I mean, like work's still got to go. Still catching up. Let's. Yeah. I mean, if I'm being completely honest, it is. That's the problem. I I tell my folks right. You're going to a show for three days. Yes, we're going to have fun. Yes, it's great. But you still have to answer emails, right? So, you still have to work. So that's this what is makes my it difficult. To you. How do you prioritize when you're at a conference? How do you prioritize conference over work over like, how do you, what, what does your flow look like? Because you have about a million different things that you have to do on a daily basis. We know that you're a hard person to get a hold of on many, on many platforms. You got a lot going on, understandably so. So like, how do you prioritize what gets done during a conference and what is kind of. So I think, um, I think the most important thing at, while you're at a conference is you take, um, Time out, you know, whether it be 20 minutes, 15 minutes a day, and you respond and you answer emails. Putting your auto office on and going to a conference for three days doesn't work. There's a lot of people that don't go to conferences and could give a shit less about your, your, you, that you're at a conference, right. right? And so they want a response. And so I think it's important. It's a simple thing. If that's all you do, right? But we know everybody's got things going on, right? Like... Well, People got shit yeah. going on. Like I'm at a conference. I got to respond to my email. I've got this important proposal that's due, right? 
So the conference is from, I get there on Sunday, I'm leaving Wednesday, but I have a proposal due on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. So I, I mean, those I are those things that maybe I shouldn't go to the conference, but then you get pressure because, like, I didn't want to go to the, the conference this year. I'm just too busy. And so, but I was. But you made it. I was told <laughs> I'm going to the conference. <laughs> you had people were probably stopping by the booth because. We did. It was honestly this to the listeners that weren't there. And obviously I've talked to a lot of people since the IPMI. So the listeners that were there this year, and this is feedback to the IPMI. Kudos to you. Wonderful job. Like this was one of the best shows I've can remember go, going back to 2016. It was easy. Great. Yeah, no, it was. Our booth was, was had so much traffic. You guys had a so great setup this year too. Um, PRS had a great setup. Flash always shows up. I love it. Yep. Um, yeah. Shide Bachman had a good booth. ABM had a good Hub, booth. T-Bud. Laz was giving out those, uh, what were those, margaritas or some boat drink? I don't know, something. Yeah, they, One mean, of those days. They, had, they showed up. Booth happy hours for sure. But SB Plus had a great booth. Mm-hmm. They all, everybody, everybody, I mean, the, there's a lot of work that goes into this. There's people that show up on Saturday and put up those booths. And you know what? Kudos to those people. You know, I used to be one of those people, yeah. John. I, I, I was, I, every conference, I worked almost every conference for Flash. MPA, IPMI, um, Pi, wh- whatever, wherever we were going, I was, I was usually there. And I was booth crew, setting up. Down, and a lot of times you probably, I don't know day. if you recall, but a lot of times there's no air condition on a Saturday in some of the convention halls. So when you're setting up the booth, you're sweating your ass off, <laughs> like literally pouring down sweat. So to the people that know what I'm talking about, kudos I don't know what you're to you. Because times have changed. Some, yeah, some, some <laughs> fire up the air condition. You're right. I'm back with times the- have changed because <laughs> when was the last time you actually set up a booth? Like uh, it's not too long 15 ago. 15 years ago. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's not that long ago. And trust me, not all convention halls carry uh, the air condition on. You know, I, if I, if, if OVG ever decided that we would, you know, set up a booth and for parking and mobility at any of these conferences, I would, I'd be the first to raise my hand. You'd volunteer. I absolutely would. Good for you. Would yeah. you, be, with would you with, read the instructions? With or without air How would you put the booth together? Would oh, you read no, the, is, are you an instructions is, person? This is, I, Do you read the instructions? I, no, never. Oh, okay, good. But this is what I used to I do don't when either. I was in radio. And, you know, I we would go to promotions and we would set up tents and tables. And this is. Tents a little different. Some of these guys, some of these guys have quite the setup, right? Have I you mean, looked at some of these booths? Yeah. You have a team. So, um, IPMI, a great show aside from the Fort Worth, did you make it out? You know, shout out to flash and their party at down in the stockyards. Like what a great, a lot of people don't understand the stockyards is like a little bit of history, right? A history for sure. It's it's like the wild, wild west out there still. Yeah. It's got that cowboy. It does. It does. So it was, I kind of felt like a cowboy when I was at that party. I just didn't have my cowboy hat on. You were there. I did run into you. Yeah. Yeah. You were busy. You had flocks of people all the time around you. It's my old stopping ground. <laughs> it was it was good to see everybody. I got to see so many people that I hadn't seen in a long time and have great conversations. And a lot of people were moving away from, you know, the flash space and going going um to different spaces right now. And so, so people are really, diversifying out, which is yeah. a normal Which is great. Yeah. yeah. In the parking industry, which it's I feel like if we could if we could talk on this for a second because I don't think anyone in the parking industry it's very rare if you stay at the same place for your entire career, right? Right. Like a lot of people move, they diversify, they, you know, they want the different experience, they want um they want the different experience essentially. They right. want to if you're going from ops to tech to um you know, wherever you're going to move next. People in this industry don't usually stay in one spot. I mean, that gets on a broader topic, though. Do you think anybody stays at a company like they used to anymore? No. 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 
Not like they used to. We still have some. We'll, we'll talk about this when we talk about Lunch Pail Bob. Lunch Pail Bob going to work yeah. every day for yeah. 30 years at the same company. Those days are over. Yeah. Right? And I would say they're exceptions. Is there Lunch Pail Bobs at organizations? Absolutely. And, but they're exceptions. Lunch Pail Bob. That's something, that's a term I've never heard. Lunch Pail Bob. Never. <laughs> it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. Did you see, um, God, what was that? Mr. Neighbors? No. What was that show? God, I don't remember, Triangle. but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but great show. My second IPMI, your. 20 millionth. Yeah. Great, great show. It was. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, what was your one takeaway from IPMI this year? My one takeaway was, I think um, IPMI did a good job of um, with the exhibit hall um, and the hours and keeping it relevant. Um, I think it was very conveniently located this year. That's for sure. It was. Um, it was. It was nice being able to connect on my end. It was very nice to be on the other side this year um, and not be a vendor, but be on the other, on the opposite side and just connect with so many different vendors. And, um, so for you, is it like B2B? Yeah. Yep. Cause your clients aren't there. Are they? No, 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 no. Yeah. Our, no, our clients are not there. Um, so you and I have a different experience. Yep. I'm, yeah. I mean, we have B2B for well, sure. Technically, I'm your client. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, it's yeah. not technically yeah. we are, yeah. you are. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's definitely B2B. Our clients are not are not here. It's not like venues now. Um, and so it was it was really great to be able to connect with a lot of different vendors um, this time around because every other conference I've been on 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 the floor, right? I've right. been the one at the booth telling people about the technology, our solutions. Um, I like how the IPMI sets up the exhibit hall. They have great markings, floor markings. They had great identifiers over the, they have good sponsorship opportunities, you know, and we took advantage of those as a company um, this year and we'll continue to take advantage of them, you know, and uh, it was a good show. Cool. What else? You looking forward to MPA? Of course. New Orleans? New Orleans. New Orleans, one of my favorite cities. So I would just like to give a shout out to NPA and IPMI. Can we start going to places other than Vegas and New Orleans? Love you guys, but. Hey. I, New Orleans, really? Again? New Orleans. I yes, know. Nothing again. wrong with New Orleans, but. New Orleans is, so, there's so much. New Orleans. Yeah, I, I like New Orleans. Hey, if you, if you, if you like. I'm going to be in New Orleans and then I'm leaving New Orleans and going to Oktoberfest where in Munich what? in Germany. And then I'm going down to Greece. That's amazing. So I'm going to boat around and going to go from beer drinking to, to more beer drinking to boating. Yeah. <laughs> which is more in beer Greece, drinking. which is more beer drinking. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Well, IPMI coming off, coming off the IPMI, IPMI high. And we're going to jump right in to part two of this episode, which safety. is safety in parking garages, not just parking garages, safety and parking in general. Operations. Yeah. So, um, you know, in uh, um, April of this year, there was a there was a collapse of a of a parking garage, which was built in 1922. So it was old. Right. Um, in Manhattan. In Manhattan, yeah. Um, it was uh, probably 60 years of service uh, as a parking garage. Um, and so, unfortunately, um, you know, it collapsed like a pancake, killing the parking manager. That's terrible. It's and, absolutely devastating. Yeah. Um, but it raises a question, like, what, what happened, questions, right? concerns, everything. So when, I'm not, you know, full disclosure, I'm not an expert at what exactly happened, but from what I've read, what I know, I mean, everyone did all the right things. The city inspected, violated, 
Um, you know, the, the parking garage owner inspected, identified issues. Clear, clearly there's a preventative maintenance or a maintenance issue, right, over the years. Right. Probably deferred some things over time. So <laughs> I guess, excuse me, my question is who's responsible, right? I'm asking that of you. Who do you think? Oh, responsible? you're asking me. <laughs> yeah, I'm putting you on. The, who do you think's responsible? Oh, you know, I don't. I to be honest, I, I know very little detail about the event. I know the high, not the highlights, but I know the pinpoints of the event. Um, I don't know. I I can't. I don't think I can give you a definite answer on that. I think, you know, surrounding certain. St- Stories. I think that there's always different sides to what happened, how it happened, and why it happened. Um, so I don't know. I don't so know. I, I, would, I would say I, I don't want to. I don't want to pinpoint it on anyone. And right. that's just, um, you know, I do think I will say though. Whenever I walk a garage, one of the first things that I look at is structure. I look. So like spalling and yeah, water yeah. and rust yeah, marks and, and things like that. I, I really do. And if I have any concern, I'm, I'm really quick to raise it with, you know, the asset owner. And when was, you know, the last time you had a full garage assessment? Right. Um, you know, when it was the last time, you know, the, the concrete was sealed. Was it not sealed? Was it never sealed? Like you just, it's, I think, important to to raise these flags before something like this does happen. Right. Because this isn't the first instance. This isn't the first case. Right. I mean, this is most recent. Um, but parking garages collapse very frequently, frequently, not all the time, but I mean, it's, it's more frequent Pretty than scary. I think that we would, we would, we would like. Right. Um, and I think it is, I, I'm not going to say the definite cause, but there are so many different causes behind why they do. So here's what I think. Full disclosure, just my opinion. But I think there's this goes deeper than just safety. This is like everything, everything we do. You always see these signs, see, see it, report it, you know, whatever. Right. Since 9-11, you have all the, you know. Um, so I think people are just, so the city did their thing and kept fining, right? And and the owner kept doing their inspections of the property and kept documenting it. And that's great. Everybody identified that it was a problem and it went on forever, right? But nobody did anything about it, right? right. So how do you take it from a observation to an action, right? And so who's responsible? Is it the property manager who documented it every day, but didn't have it in the budget to do certain things and couldn't close the garage because it made too much revenue. Well, it's definitely not in the manager, right? Yeah, like, it, it's not. It doesn't have the... I mean the company, right? Right. So, um, and, and, and so you have that, and then you have people that are parking there every day, and you have the city. So I, if I'm parking there every day, I think the average person assumes, right... I'm parking there every day. I'm assuming that you're Danny, you know, let's just say you own the garage. I'm assuming that you're taking care of business. Right? And you're doing everything you're supposed to do to ensure that I'm safe parking in this garage. Right. Is that like the right attitude to have? I mean, that's a natural attitude to right. have. Or is the right attitude going forward saying, uh, Danny stinks as a property manager. The garage is falling down and I'm not gonna park there because I'm worried about my safety. So this gets me thinking, like, I think, I don't, honestly, everyone's involved. Although I don't, I think the, the consumer who parks there is the least responsible. Responsible, but I mean, they, I'm not, as a consumer, I'm not, I'm not driving up and I'm not, I mean, I am because of who I am and I work in the industry, but I'm not, like, if I wasn't, if I wasn't in the industry, I'm not driving up and being like, I'm going to do a full inspection of this garage and make sure it's not falling apart. Like, we don't, you know, that's, I feel like as being in the industry, that's our job is to make sure that we're taking care right. of our customers, right? Like that's, I think anybody, when I was in operations, anybody who parked in my, any, in any of my garages on any of my surface lots, 
I felt a big responsibility to make sure that they were taken care of. Right. From entry to exit. And if they weren't, I have, I have, I, I pride myself on my customer service. Like I have, I worked in the customer service industry for a really long time in college. I was a waiter. I was that's a why you think there's brand loyalty in parking. Absolutely. But that's another, that's, 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 that's another the, episode. You and I are going to go head to head on that yeah, show. Um, but you know, I, I do think that it is our job to take care of our customer. It's not their, what, it's not their job to get out and assess. And I know like, I totally yeah, agree, right. but, but if you, if you get out and you're parking, like, I don't know. I, I, I'm just one of those people I have to, I sit in the restaurant and I have to see the door. I have to see everything. I'm one of those people. So if you're like, you're not going to get into a car that looks unsafe, are you? Some I mean, people I grew might. Up, I grew up yeah. in a really small town. I got in a lot of cars that looked unsafe. <laughs> 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 to be honest. Am I going to park in a building that looks like it's falling down? Probably not. Probably but not. we're also talking about a city in, in, in older city. Manhattan. Yeah, we that are. Is, parking is already scarce. It's already a pain in the ass. It's there's so many different factors. At, at the end of the day, you don't have. That's this goes back to the you know first impression, last impression, customer journey. They don't. No one in New York really has time to be like, I'm gonna get out and I don't. That's yeah. the last thing that they think about, right? They need to park their car. They need to get to where they're going. They need to get to their office. You need to pick up their kid. Like it, they need to do, they're there for a purpose. They're there for a reason. They're not there just to, I'm just going to park my car right. usually. Um, so I, I do think that it's a completely different, if it was outside of Manhattan, I think it would be a different, a, a different conversation that we'd be having for sure. But because I mean, it's New York. Absolutely. I mean, that, yeah. It's New York. New York, New York. Love New York. I love me some New York. Um, I'm from New York. You know that. No. Yeah, upstate. What? Lake George. Above Albany. That upstate mentality. Yeah, we didn't have parking garages in where I grew up. You didn't Small need, town. Barely needed parking. Yeah. <laughs> I boated to school. Really? Yeah. Seriously? I took the boat to school. <laughs> the only time I didn't take the boat to school was when there was ice on the lake. And what did you and do? Then I, then how was, what was well, you could take the bus, but I was too cool for the I guess bus. You, I guess you do what regular people do and drive. Yeah. A boat. I was, I'd rather snowmobile yeah. across the lake on the ice. I did not know that about you. That's, yeah. that's really cool. So, um, so in this scenario, you're right. The consumer's Thank not, you. not pulling up going, <laughs> oh, this garage, look at it. Uh, it's falling. It's cracking. It's going to fall down. I'm right. not going to park here. So, but it's worth pointing out that the average consumer that goes and parks in a garage or a parking lot assumes that the owner and the asset manager have taken all of the stuff, you know, I assume that if I park in your garage and I'm paying you $60 a day that you at least make it safe for me, right? So that's probably a normal thing. Right. So we can check those guys off. Right. What about the city? City keeps showing up, fining, well, I don't know. fining, point, fining. I mean, you've been in, you've been in this industry so much longer than I have. At what point does the city actually step in in any in any instance to condemn? Yeah, like how in in all of your years of parking, have you ever seen that actually happen? No. Okay, so then I do have a, a I do have a similar situation though. So. Um, <sighs> Um, going back, managing a parking garage in Denver. Won't name names. Okay. Um, my my wheels will sit here turning, thinking about the stair one. tower of this garage. Okay. Was breaking away, like you could see it breaking away, Ooh, and yeah. so I think we brought Carl Walker in, and I was an operator, so I think we told the owner about it. This is a owner that deferred and deferred and deferred maintenance in this parking garage. So um, the stair tower was pulling away. And so we had to like, so Carl Walker or Walker, one of them came out, engineers. Wow, this is effed up. Mm -hmm. And so we had to condemn the stair tower, close it down. But while they were doing it, we had them look at the rest of the garage. <sighs> um, probably... 
six or seven post-tension cables were broke. Oh, my goodness. In the garage. Uh, there was one section of the garage that was actually, they said, could fall down at any minute, literally. So as an operator, what am I doing? Like, so, uh, you know, the company that I worked for was big enough to where there's a huge liability. So I'm just a guy on the ground going, holy shit, right? So I called my boss, said, we have a horrible report. So now this is on the record, right? So we had to send a... Uh, a letter to the client saying, look, this garage is X has all these things wrong with it. We've been told by an engineering firm that this could come down at any time. We're putting you on notice. Like we need, this needs to be fixed because we didn't have it in our budget. This was, this was, these were dollars that were way beyond our, what we made at that place. Right. And so the owner was pissed. Right. Like, why the hell would you put this letter out there? And it's like, uh, because if it falls down today, who do you think they're going to go after? We were bigger than the owner. We had right. more, we had deeper pockets than that owner did. Right. And so, well, and this at this point, this is a huge revenue stream to the owner. Exactly. Right. It's parking assets in Denver. Or all over, but yeah. yeah. Well, yes. You're I global just, now, Danny. I, you're right. You're right. You're but national. My, You've I got have. Danny Crane, <laughs> folks, has gone national. She just doesn't realize it yet. Well, most of my most of my <coughs> operational experience is in Denver, where we know, know that parking assets are incredibly valuable. Huge, a huge source of income to asset owners. Right. Um, and so I can imagine this news was probably devastating. Like it was kind of like turning a blind eye to the problem and to the, you know, and not, not wanting to implement a solution. Right. And so there's, there's several things to talk about here. Like did the garage manager know? And like, he's happy cause this is a great location for him. And then the regional manager, like, Oh, I can't have this location get condemned. Cause we're, I'm not saying this happened. Right. You know, I have no idea. But these are all things that people think about. So at some point, somebody's got to pull the plug and say, this is a shit hole. It's going to fall down. You either fix it or we're out. Yep. And that, I believe, is an operator's responsibility if they want to mitigate their liability. The question is, how do they identify that, right? If you're a huge operator and you're like, how does that funnel up to the person that says, F it, I'm... Well, I'm closing this place. I'm sending a letter to our client, putting them on notice, and if they don't give us the money to fix it, we're done, right? Do you right. think that happens every day? No. 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 And I mean, I'm sure it happens, but percolating it to the right person, that do it doesn't happen every day. Right. Everybody's about budgets. Right? I'm not saying that's what happened here, but Right. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe the fix here was tear the thing down. Oh my gosh! Like seriously, tearing it down. If you're making two hundred grand a month, oh, have you ever parked in New York? I, <laughs> yeah, I know. they the probably city? made two hundred grand yeah. a day, yeah. right? <laughs> have you ever parked in the city? You know, my brother lives in New York, in Park Slope. Is that upstate? No, Park Slope is a, it's a, um, Brooklyn. It's in Brooklyn. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And, Kind of probably. I was almost going to say I'm familiar with Brooklyn, but obviously not that well if I don't know where Park Slope is. So, just down from Bed Stuy. I, lo I love Brooklyn. I love Brooklyn. Yeah. I uh, our last our last few trips there, we I got Joe to stay in Brooklyn. So I want to have my brother on as a guest. Yeah, that'd be great. My brother is a is Grammy. Work oh, you're right. He's a you're Grammy right. nominated. Yeah. Um, he engineered uh, Eminem's album when Eminem was up for album of the year. And I remember those Grammy awards. I forget it was my brother was there. He would have been on stage, but he uh, Eminem lost. You know who he lost to? Who? Steely Dan. Ooh. Steely Dan. Does your brother know anything about parking? Or no. just from what just he from, could care just less he about parking. About he knows about me <laughs> in parking. So that's he about the know too much. He probably has some stories of parking in yeah. New York City and he said several um cars stolen, including mine. 
So I, in my early days, I mentioned I was in, in the last episode, I was in the Coast Guard. Yeah. So one of my duty stations was um, Governor's Island. Oh, yeah, yeah. Governor's yeah, been, Island been, is like the yeah. biggest small town right in Manhattan. I took a ferry uh, and I'm right in Manhattan. So, um, and so I was going out on patrol uh, for several months and my brother didn't have a car and he's like, can I borrow your car? I'm like, you can borrow my car. I went to the trouble of getting him a pass because you couldn't go on Governor's Island unless you were military or family, right? So I said, but I want my car parked on Governor's Island. I don't want it stolen. Right. So I go out on the cruise. I come back. Guess what got stolen? Guess who didn't park it on Governor's <laughs> Island? <laughs> guess, who's, no. guess whose truck was on blocks? Oh they my stole gosh. everything. The engine, the quarter panels, the it's side like, panels. It's like if you the only way they knew that it was my car was the Colorado plates were on the ground. It's like, if, uh, it. it's like if you left your car, your vehicle in a parking garage in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Maybe. We love Albuquerque, New Mexico, by the way. Danny's from there, so she's a little tainted, but we love everybody from Albuquerque. Everyone's had, if you've lived in Albuquerque long enough, everyone's had their cars on, uh, their car on a, on blocks of, at some point in their life. Um, right. <laughs> so speaking of safety of garages, we got to, let's, let's pivot a little bit. Um, when we ran, so my brothers, I have twin, I have younger brothers who are twins. Wow, I have they, twin brothers too. Do you really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Not me, older, but they're younger? twins. They're older. Okay, how, what, what's the age difference? Five years. My brothers and I are five years apart too. Wow. Except for they're younger. Are you the baby? No, they're younger. I'm, I'm my mom's eldest. I'm like the middle child of my dad's, my dad's kids. So I have four brothers, one sister. You're the middle. This. You're nuts. I'm the middle. Yeah. Um, but so I have brothers, younger brothers who <coughs> work in parking. They, when I started in operations, I brought one of them out to, to help me run ops here in Denver. And then the other one just ended up coming out as well. And so they worked in ops together. They ran all of my garages and we, we had this one occasion where someone stole a car out of one of our garages uh. And my brother ran into him at the exit because he was trying to hit the call button and try to get out. He was trying to make an excuse. And so we already knew who he was. My brother knew who he was. And <coughs> my brother was like, just made this crazy decision, like out of like spontaneous, like very spontaneous decision to run after this car. Oh man. And this guy got out of the car and my brother starts chasing him. And I mean, like, luckily, no weapons were involved. Brother ended up very safe. But at the end of the day, like, we had to have this, um, we had to have this big meeting with the asset owner on, like, safety, you know, just general safety protocol. Right. And my brother was like, but you guys wanted me to try to stop him. Like, how else did you want me to stop him without trying to physically stop him? And... Um, I think growing up in like, like it was just like our natural instinct. Like he was just like, no, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna run after this guy. I'm going to run after him and do whatever it takes to stop him regardless. And we, we didn't think about it, but oh, gosh. yeah, it was, it was. Hopefully it ended well. We didn't get blown away. No, no. Brothers okay. are still very much alive. All right. Good. Not, and they've worked in parking for quite a, quite a while now and unharmed, um, but we, we would run into instances. Uh, Wait a minute. Did I hear that correctly? Your brothers are in parking? Yes. Holy shit. You didn't I tell. just said that. Wow. Yeah. You didn't say that before? I did. Wow. I so said, you're, yeah, you're a family. I, I so you're, it's a little easier for you to tell people you're in parking in your family. Well, just, I, my parents still have no idea what each of us actually does. But yeah, my brothers, my brothers worked with me in ops, both wow. of them. I brought, they moved here from New Mexico. So are they work working for an operator or are they work? They're in tech now. They, they both work for flash. Oh yeah. Flash. So I left and then they, um, Cody works on the implementation side for, um, automated enforcement. And then Casey works on the installation side for parks equipment. Interesting. Yeah. So they, but they worked in ops. They helped <clears> me. With all of the operations that I ran here in Denver, so 
we are essentially a parking family, except for our parents still have no idea what we do. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My family's nothing to do with parking, but. Well, it would, and they, if, if I never would have got, obviously, if I never would have got into parking, um, if I didn't need, like, I don't, wasn't going to bring them out to work with me in radio. It right. was really, as you know, coming from a small operator, all right, we need people. Who can we, who can we bring in? Who can we hire like tomorrow? So safety, back to safety. How do you think safety applies on surface lots? We've talked about garages. So there's obviously safety uh, with the aspect of the facility and that tragedy that we talked about that happened. You've also got another component of safety, right? Um, are you safe, safe, right? Is there security? Right. Do you think there's, uh, <clears throat> do you think it's in industry standard to have security guards in parking garages? Absolutely. In parking garages, yes. On surface lots, I think that that's a different conversation. I don't. So, how do you think know. safety applies to surface lots? I mean, this is, this is your wheelhouse, cameras. Yeah, but we're not, a, we're not. Those cameras you're not, you're right. You're those not cameras are transactional company. based. Right. So no, 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 we're not right. we're not an alternative to security. But I think that that is so not you, not your company, but I do think cameras. I think that that is a big safety feature that So what do you think is, the camera accomplishes with respect to safety? This is this is a great topic. What do I think it accomplishes? So you put it in a camera for safety, right? How does that make the parking lot safer? Well, because I think people who are under surveillance are they're not it's not it's not deterring them from committing a crime, but the level So of it's crime. actually it's actually critical that if you have a camera on a parking lot, you're either you ha either have live surveillance going on or somebody's looking at a screen which is highly unlikely, but there's cases. Right. I think Brookfield has a lot of garages and places where they're, you know, they actually have garage security that's looking at those cameras. So there's that type, but then there's type where you're just, mo you have a camera and you're monitoring for, and it's tape recorded, right? Because you're trying to deter crime. It's important to identify that. Right. So we have live video surveillance and it's being monitored for your safety. I cringe because if you're not monitoring it for people's safety, then it doesn't matter. You are out. You are liable. Yeah. Right. And when there's been instances where people were being raped in a parking garage, waving their hands in front of the camera and nobody came. Right. And those people, those operators, those owners are liable. Right. And so you should actually post a sign. It says, yeah, we have cameras, but we're using it for video recorded surveillance against crimes of vandalism against the facility, right? Something like that. So, so with, you know, I mean, and that's, that's terrifying. Like being a woman who I, you know, I do a lot of things alone. I travel alone. I, when I'm traveling, like even downtown or parking somewhere, parking in a garage, I'm usually alone. So Can do we you, talk about when you park, do you, do you look around and say, I, this doesn't look safe. I'm not going to park here. You do, know, do and you I, make I, that decision? I, yes, I do. You do. I do. I, I'm not. That goes so right along with. Aware of my surroundings. I think, you know, like we, I, I mentioned in the last episode that I've almost been kidnapped twice. None of them have been in parking garages, but I, I am more cautious now about where I do park. What, what, you know, time of what day time it of is. Day? Yeah. Is like, there, do you look around for lighting? I typically won't park somewhere if it's not well lit. There you um, go. Yeah. So, if it's so not safety well is a concern yeah. for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. I, I try to park by stairwells or elevators. Um, not that I'm. Safety is a concern. Absolutely. Or by an exit or entry. Like so I usually I'm going don't. To, I'm going to use this episode against no, you later on when we no, talk about safety is a concern yeah. absolutely especially in surface lots and parking garages i mean at one of our garages i'm not, I'm not gonna mention the name because i don't want to scare people away from parking there but you know one of our employees got carjacked at gunpoint and it was in a in denver 
Oh my god! Downtown and midday. That's scary. Mid midday. It, I think it was still morning, like mid mid morning, and. What do you do? Yeah, right, right. Look away, throw the keys on the ground, right and by, run the right other by way. An entry, right by an exit. <laughs> like I said, midday, like well lit, right by our office. It was, yeah, it was really, Woo. yeah. Um, so security is a concern. Safety, you know, I, I would, I would say we got on the tangent of surface lots. So lighting is key. And um, and surface lots. Yeah, and surface lots, lighting. I'm not going to park. Somewhere way out where there's no lighting on a on a on a on a surface lot. Period. Well, you so know, if you've got a surface lot and you're wondering why, uh, listeners, that your revenue. I mean, if you put lighting on your surface lot, you'd probably increase your revenue by I was gonna say, 30, 40 percent. So that's number one. Are those connected? Especially in winter months. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Especially in winter months. And back to my ABM days, Chuck Evans, I was telling you about. His thing was he wanted to light as many of these surface lots in Denver as he could. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we saw a boost in revenue. So that's number one. Uh, number two, potholes. Right? How does your how does your surface look? One, that's a deferred maintenance thing. So you, that's an asset, right? So you're making fifty grand a month, and you can't even fill a pothole right. or do a seal coat. It's a small price to pay, right? And so, um, and you get one slip and fall, somebody who bends a knee in that pothole, and you've paid for 20 surface resurfaces and, you know, oh, yeah. seal coats and everything Pot else. Potholes, if you're, even if you're, what, your uh, surface lot isn't striped, like there's so many different. So those are the kind of the things that I think of with surface lots, right? And Again, there's two types of safeties. Am I safe parking here? Am I going to blow out my knee because surface stinks? Or uh, am I going to get shot when I come back? Yeah. So those are all. Yeah. I don't think anybody has security guards on their surface lots. I don't so, think that's realistic. But you know, light the things that you can do is lighting and those type of things to make it. Well, and I think that one thing that, you know, I haven't seen on surface lots that I think that could be an added security feature is I don't know if you've ever been on a campus anywhere and they have like the, uh, the like the police the blue. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I don't think that that's a, a very well-known feature in the parking, parking industry. Uh, that, yeah. That's a cost though. Right. Right. But at the cost of, at the expense of what, at the expense of somebody. Wow. Yeah. So you're telling everybody to go get a blue light. <laughs> This well, is a uh, advertisement for uh, the, Blue Zone, whatever that is. Of, at the expense of what, you know? Yeah. You don't know. I mean, you just never know. The question is, is it, this is just my question to you. If I hit that button on the Blue Zone, is anybody going to come these days? Who's well, coming? Police. Police? Yeah. Really? They should. I mean, hopefully. <laughs> Right? I guess it depends on which city. But I mean, even you if might like, get a you, you might it. get a nine one one response that says we've we're we're we will respond in the manner in which you know. But doesn't it like set off an alarm? Like, don't these it does, but, set off? But but at that point, like, even that should. I think we should go on a field trip and test. I think you're right, one of those yeah. blue things. I want to touch it and see. How what quickly, it actually does. Yeah, how, if it actually somebody comes. Whee! John Conway got arrested for <laughs> for a false for a false nine one one. No, John Conway <laughs> would never do that. Okay, so coming off you know coming off the topic of uh, garage safety, what are some valuable safety tips that you think our listeners would have? I think, well, there's several, but as a consumer, as a parker, make sure you get everything out of the inside of your car out, right? You'd be shocked when you go around and look, you look in there, somebody's got a laptop, somebody's got their wallet sitting out on the, I mean, smash and grabs, that's just inviting somebody, right? So put all that stuff in your trunk, take the time out, but look around. And this is, this is something that one of my friends when she saw me do this, she said, put the stuff in your trunk before you arrive at your destination. Because oh. people will, are like people who are, are you know, if someone's sitting in a garage waiting for you to leave your car to go look, 
they're most likely watching you. So right. interesting. Yeah. So put it in your trunk before you arrive at your destination. Yeah, that's interesting. Out of sight, out of mind. So yeah. So people don't see you doing it. Um, park in a well-lit area of the space. Um, park next to an egress point where you can quickly get in and out. I mean, that's, those are things that I would do. And then if I owned a parking facility, knowing that my consumers uh, or whoever parks here is safety conscious, I'd make sure my lighting is good, right? I'd make sure my surface looks good. I'd make sure my elevator looks good. I would make sure that I did all the things necessary, right? And sometimes lighting is challenging in a parking garage, but you can get creative, right? Paint. Uh, white around the columns, the concrete where the where the um, can't, uh, the light is, so it reflects. You know what I mean. So there's inexpensive ways to make it uh, more desirable for people that are safety conscious. Are, yeah. And if, you know, again, as I mentioned before, make sure the surface is. There's no potholes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could send Johnny Maintenance out and get a cold patch and patch your surface pretty easily, right? You'd be surprised how many surface lots I go to. And there's potholes the size of, you know, could swallow me up. Oh, and I mean, <laughs> it's, but there's a cost, right? Like, yeah. it's very revenue driven versus actually keeping up with the maintenance. Do you have any issues when you were an operator that you had maintenance stuff that you had to deal with? Yeah. I mean, on a daily basis, yeah. maintenance wise. Right. I mean, trash, I, trash. I mean, but we were very fortunate. <laughs> I say this, we were very fortunate to have incredibly picky asset owners where their standards made us up our standards. Right. Right. Where it was like every single day when we were doing our, our run throughs in the morning, it was like, not only were we looking for trash, yes, trash, but we were looking at, at lights. We were looking at gates. We were looking at so many different, um, features of the garage that it, it, it wasn't just, um, if we saw a light out or if there was, you know, the mirrors in the garages to ensure, you know, for, you know, when people are coming around the corners, if those were broken, if there was glass, like safety to, to a whole different level. Right. And so, you know, I, now when we walk any of our assets or our properties, venues, anything, I'm very particular. And, um, if there's something in the, if there's trash, if there's glass, glass, that, that gets to me. I'm like, if there was a broken car, I'm like, let's clean that up right away because that's a huge liability. Right. What if someone steps in it? What if someone randomly just falls in it? What, I don't, you, you never know, right. what, you know, last like any, any objects that could bodily like harm you. So, so I think like the takeaway from this part of our episode would be if you're a garage manager, or you're in parking, and you're responsible for a facility, in some cases or most cases, you're responsible for multiple facilities. It's that inertia every day, getting out of your car, going into the office, coming back, you know, focused on your revenue, focused on your parking equipment, but safety matters. And Absolutely. again, back to this, you know, this incident in New York City, um, clearly everyone was doing what they were supposed to for the most part, right? City was doing what they were doing. The property manager was doing what they were doing. They were they were documenting and 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 all all along the way, but nobody ever did anything. So it's like, I guess I would say, at some point, somebody's has to do something, right? Don't just look up and say, oh, yeah, this place is gonna fall down one day. You know what I mean? And I think it takes the courage of that operator or whoever's running that facility manager, whether you work for the owner, sending that documentation and saying, look, I'm putting you on notice. This isn't right. And it needs to be fixed. Right. Right. Agreed. That's what I think probably could have prevented this tragedy. So somebody just didn't, they, again, everyone was doing their thing, but nobody 
nobody nobody did the thing that would actually matter to make the action go forward. So anyway, so I think we're wrapping up this episode, but I think we're looking forward to the next episode. We're gonna have Scott Souter here. Um, life talk, after parking. Life after parking. <laughs> talking about a success story in parking uh, from the day he started to the end when he ultimately sold his company to Flash. Um, one of the, uh, the one of the great uh, integrators uh, of our of our of our industry. So we're gonna hear his story and um, we're looking forward to it. Can't wait. All right. All right. See Take you next care. time. Thanks for listening to All Things Parking with Danny and John. We are so happy you joined us on the podcast and hope you'll stick around for future episodes. We love the parking industry and more importantly, we love talking about all the crazy stuff happening in the parking and mobility space. We hope you join us on the next episode of All Things Parking with Danny and John. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. We will see you next time on All Things Parking with Danny and John. To make sure you don't miss an episode, head to www.parkingtalk.com.